In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Um, all right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. <laughs> hey, Ben. Holy hell, buddy. It's been a year and a half. What was it? June 16th, 2015, mm. when uh, Donald Trump went down that escalator, because he doesn't walk stairs, <laughs> with his beautiful wife, Melania. And he announced his presidency for the United for the United States, and uh, my God, it has been insane ever since. This has been, I mean, this d- doesn't compare, because, you know, this is the second election cycle that me and you have been through. That's it. Uh, and this does not even come close to comparing uh, to the last time, because the last time right. the craziest we had to deal with was what, Michelle Bachman? Michelle Bachman, who was absolutely insane, but <laughs> democracy flushed her out. <laughs> Uh, but yes, when when Trump announced his candidacy, uh, rather on June 16th for the president's uh, for the presidency, we didn't know where it was going to go. I thought he was kind of dead in the water because he called Mexicans rapists, no. and I thought that was the end. And then that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. And I remember when uh, he said that Megyn Kelly had blood coming out of his eye, coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever. Whatever. I texted you. I texted yeah. you like blood coming out of her wherever, blood coming out of her wherever. This this is it. This is the end. You know? And then it was, again, just the beginning of a new chapter. Well, because we weren't sure, you know, he, he might have been talking about a nosebleed. <laughs> yeah, I remember. He do pivoted. You, do you remember when you were on the Trump train? No, I was not. I was off on, you know, on the Trump train. <laughs> you know, the Trump train was like, it was a great ride. Yeah. It's well, been it, one heck of a ride. I mean, it was, I mean, the Trump train for a while because, yeah, I mean, Trump was, it was very funny to begin with. Because yep. just like, just like Michelle Bachman was funny and Rick Santorum yeah. were funny. Like we didn't, we just thought that it was going to be another one of those. We thought that eventually democracy, cooler heads would prevail uh, and he would get flushed away just like Bachman did. Yep. But no, now we're we are one day uh, and just a, uh, we're a day and change away from the election. A day and change away. And of course, we also thought that Hillary Clinton at this point uh, a year and a half ago, we thought she was going to run away with the uh, with the um, Democratic nomination. And man, did Bernie Sanders not so much Martin O'Malley, <laughs> but man, did Bernie Sanders give her a fight for her political life? And what a series of events, really two extremely powerful political movements yeah. uh, this country has been through over the past year and six months like nothing we've ever seen before. I mean, sometimes you can get one candidate on one side, uh, you know, with one political party to, to really catch fire, someone like Barack Obama in 2008. Um, but this year we had both parties were on fire in a grassroots uh, way, and they really had this populist message that had never been heard before. Obviously, the fix was in for Bernie. 
Obviously. And he was derailed and lost, but the Republican Party had uh, rules in place that gave uh, Donald Trump a chance. Ironically enough, the man who is now considered uh, talking about how all politics are rigged and the elections are fraud. So if he does lose, and we're going to go through what uh, we believe our uh, our political map will be for uh, Tuesday, November 8th. If he does lose, he's going to have a great sob story on his hands. <laughs> the system is rigged. And that'll be a great uh, first couple of weeks for Trump TV. Um, all right, so let's go in here, Marcus. We've got some battleground states, Arizona, Florida, Nebraska, North Carolina, and New Hampshire. These are really fun states to watch out for this Tuesday. Yeah, and so uh, let's start with Nevada, uh, because Nevada seems to be coming out uh, in the news as uh, I think people are already kind of starting to give Nevada to Hillary. So I'm going Hillary with Nevada. I'm saying that the, the Latinos are going to pull this one out. I am going Red, red with blood, red with blood from her wherever. I'm giving Nevada to Trump, and I'm just simply doing that. I do agree with you. The Hispanic vote's going to be big Huge. in Nevada, but the Latinos also, will save us, possibly. But yeah. uh, like we talked about before the show began, apparently there's around 20 percent of Latinos who are supporting Donald Trump in a place like Nevada. It's a heavy casino area. There's a lot of um, a lot of construction, and I feel like there might be an undercurrent of support for somebody like Donald Trump. They certainly have he has high name recognition, and he did very well in the primaries in that state. And remember, of course, that was a state that many people, including our friend Nomi Kunst, who was on the show, um, believe that uh, the Hillary campaign sort of stole to some degree or used some nefarious tactics to derail Bernie Sanders. Yeah, without a doubt. So and that's why I'm going Nevada, but uh, uh, for Trump. Yeah, well, uh, what people are saying is uh, in Las Vegas, of course, where a lot of Nevada's voting uh, block comes from, it's the hotel maids. The hotel maids are actually working together mm -hmm. and are really working as hard as they can to get out the vote for Hillary Clinton. There is no more powerful person than the hotel maid or a housekeeper in general. <laughs> I mean, you look what happened. What derailed Arnold Schwarzenegger? The hotel maid. And, of course, him having sex with her. <laughs> that was the massive problem. And then her having a child that looked just like Arnold. Yeah, that was a big problem for everybody. But now in, in the recent email, uh, one of the fun things that we have learned from Wienergate, the Wienergate version of the email scandal, is that Hillary Clinton's maid, I forget her name now, wonderful woman, she was asked to print out a confidential material. So not secret, not top secret. It's the third rung mm -hmm. of, uh, of importance. But they were just having her print everything out. So she was literally cleaning the bathrooms and <laughs> And then just being like, here's print on what we're gonna, how we're gonna handle Putin and his policy on in Syria. I mean, it's insane. Every rich person in the fucking world does that. I mean, they, the, this is something that, you know everyone yeah. is saying like, oh my god, I can't believe she had the maid printed out. They all do that. They I all guess do so. that. Do they, they all do that? In which case, we got to flip it. Hillary should be the maid, and her maid should be running the country. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think the, the standards that people uh, hold these people to uh, are, I, I think everyone thinks that uh, politicians, people, higher-ups, you know, movie stars, anybody sure. that is more famous than your average person, I think people hold them up to some sort of weird, exalted standard. Well, you uh, want when, to they, when you have to realize that these people... People are just like everybody else. I know. I, I had a great interview, and I'm sorry you couldn't be there, with the undecided people from Netflix, and they were talking about just how un, it's just everything is chaotic. Everything is run by 
people uh, with they look like chickens with their heads cut off. No one knows what they're doing, and that's who's putting all this stuff together. Yeah, I've heard from many people who have worked at political campaigns. It is not like House of Cards. It's like Veep. Yeah, I mean everyone is just desperate to not screw up, and all they do is constantly <laughs> screw up to the point where the maid has to print out the emails. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting situation. So I'm giving Nevada to Trump. You're giving it to Hillary Clinton. I suppose let's move on. Let's go to Nebraska, which was interesting that this state was even in play. It's usually fairly hard. Uh, it's pretty pretty dark red. Now, why is Nebraska in play? Because I was I was surprised you know, at that one as well. I think it was. I I personally believe he has a uh, problem with true uh, religious individuals. True evangelicals, And I yeah. could see that playing negatively in places like Nebraska. And, of course, um, you know, Hillary Clinton, she is, you know, her conservative politics, the reason that I do not support her campaign is be- for many reasons, uh, one of them being that I do think her foreign policy is too conservative. Mm-hmm. And states like Nebraska are, they like they like that they like her um, uh, her foreign policy on many things other than you know sort of clickbait Benghazi scandals and yeah. things like that um, but they don't they don't have a problem with nation building they don't have a problem you know with her signing uh, you know going into the Iraq war and things like that or approving uh, of going into the Iraq war so I think that her uh, her her policy specifically foreign policy doesn't hurt her whatsoever in states like Nebraska and I think also a lot of people who are hardcore religious just housewives uh, look Looking at their husband and just being like, we can't vote uh, for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, uh, for Donald Trump. For right? Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah I, I think really this election is such a referendum on uh, Christian Christians and Christianity in America today. Yeah, uh, and whether people's Christianity, their Christian faith, is whether it is actually a, a true, deeply held thing, or if it's just all talk. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of people, a lot of Trump supporters, are proving that it is all talk. That they're mm-hmm. reli- they're supposedly deep held religious beliefs are all talk and they don't actually hold those like actual Christ-like teachings Mm -hmm. like actual Christian teachings actual evangelical teachings Uh, I think it's proving out that they don't really care about any of that it's been a great uh, destroyer of the illusion that Christians are voting uh, under you know uh, that Christians vote under the premise of you know the the goodness of their hearts and uh, you know with the religious tenets a lot of these Christians are there for economic reasons and then some are just there for really bigoted reasons and there are some really amazing Christians as well out there of course who vote, there are uh, they're conscious and uh, that's where Rick Santorum does great <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I can absolutely respect that I can totally respect people uh, who vote that way but what I cannot do is respect people mm-hmm. who profess to be evangelical Christians to be extremely to have extremely uh, deep Christian beliefs and still vote for Donald Trump because the, Donald yeah. Trump is the least Christ-like person to ever run for office. Well, he is crucified in the media, Marcus, and think <laughs> about that. He's dying for our sins every single day. Every single day. Every single day. That all being said, I'm giving Nebraska to Donald Trump. You know, I'm giving it to him as well. I don't, uh, I don't think that the, uh, what, what we call it, the wife problem. The wife, I don't think that's going to uh, yeah. be, uh, be enough, and I think at the end of the day, many of these states do just go back to their makeup. Yeah. They go back to what has always worked or what they always are, 
Um, and it's really difficult to actually flip a state. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Nebraska is in play is a testament to how controversial Donald Trump's candidacy has been for many social conservatives and the Republican Party as a whole. But I think at the end of the day, Trump's populist rhetoric uh, really plays in Nebraska, a state where we have a large uh, white population that feels completely disenfranchised and feels as if no one's been speaking to them. He did great in the primaries in Nebraska. And those are really some of his bread and butter supporters. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, also, you know, speaking of flipping states, there was a little while there where it looked like Hillary was going to take Georgia. Well, I mean, it went, but on the flip side of that, right now, Minnesota, Donald Trump is only four points down in Minnesota. We're not going to, I don't, I mean, I still have it going to Hillary. I don't believe it's an official swing state. But again, that Trump rhetoric is really playing with those white suburbanites who just uh, just feel as if they've been completely uh, bamboozled and hoodwinked from the, uh, by the Democratic Party up to this point, and they just despise Hillary so much that it clouds their judgment enough to vote for Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, there's many reasons, as we have talked about on the show, a lot to not like uh, Hillary Clinton. That is true. And, of course, I, not ma- many not to like Donald Trump as well. Of course. But I, I think a lot of the reasons why people don't like, I don't think people can really pinpoint why they don't like Hillary Clinton. I don't think they can really say, I think they just say well, Benghazi or they can say emails or something like that. And neither one of those things are really, I mean, I can get that's someone. That's the pinpoint. I can get, that's the pinpoint, though. Yeah, they, but I don't think they can tell you what Benghazi was. I don't think they can tell you what the email scandal actually is. You know, they just want her for prison. Yeah. The email scandal is extremely convoluted yeah. and, and kind of strange. I think at the end of the day, people do understand that she took uh, that she took steps to make her life easier. That and those steps that she took to make her life easier easier theoretically put the country at risk. Uh, even though, ironically. Emails are being hacked all over the place, yeah. regardless of if they were in Hillary's uh, basement or not. Um, but I think that, that really does, you know, that pisses people off yeah. when they find that one person is taking, um, they feel as if they have the right to put everybody's uh, life in jeopardy, specifically people in our military and things like that. So, yes, I'm giving Nebraska to Trump. You're giving Nebraska to Donald Trump as well. And I think that that will stay that way. Um, let's go on here. Let's move on. What do you want to do, Arizona? Let's do Arizona. I'm giving Arizona to Trump. I'm giving it to, we're starting, Trump is starting (laughs) off hot here. I'm giving it to Trump as well. Again, Bernie would have done much better in Arizona. They shut down the vast majority of polling stations in districts that were, that would probably have gone for somebody like Bernie Sanders. That helped Hillary Clinton. Uh, Donald Trump did very well in Arizona, despite the fact that, uh, you know, their current senator who is crushing John McCain, he is crushing. There is no denying he will be, I don't even know what is this, re, 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 re elected. He's been in (laughs) public life forever. Um, I still see Arizona going towards Donald Trump because, again, I don't think I I mean, obviously, the Hispanic vote is in favor of uh, of Hillary Clinton. But for some reason, that 20 percent number to me really, uh, really uh, doesn't give me a lot of confidence that states with the high Hispanic populations are necessarily a shoe in for Hillary. Here's a good thing about Arizona, though. Looks like Arpaio is on his way out. This is the best thing that's ever happened. Sheriff Joe Arpaio <laughs> needs to be quartered. Yeah. You know, he needs to be tied to a series of slow, slow moving horses. Yeah. And, but, but they're sturdy and strong. Oh, yeah. 
and they're methodical, like uh, like Romero's zombies. Patient and horses. Patient horses, <laughs> and just slowly rip his legs from his body and his arms from his body. That would be absolutely magical. Yeah. If you go back and watch a great SNL sketch about the, the uh, cockroach, House trap. Did you ever see that sketch? No. It it, uh, it escalates to the cockroach getting all of its arms ripped off and beaten over the head with them. <laughs> and it's a, absolutely, uh, it's a great SNL sketch. That should happen to Sheriff Joe Arpaio. He has shown no respect for the Constitution. The uh, Justice Department under Eric Holder and Barack Obama, they have been attacking him for a very long time. I think they should have pressed charges. I think he's a felon. Yeah, he's a poisonous um, human being. He's a poisonous human being. The policies that they've had in Arizona with his cute little tent uh, camp city as he he calls it where he pretends he channels his inner Jim Jones and literally just speaks uh, through the loudspeaker at these individuals wearing pink underwear because he doesn't, uh, you know, because that, that'll show them, yeah. you know, that'll make them, that'll dehumanize them a little bit more. Um, I mean, he is just a total, a complete and utter scumbag. So I'm excited to see him out of office. And I think it's great that people of Arizona have woken up and realized he's not law and order. He's a corrupt God knows what. Childs. I mean, who knows? Who knows? You know, there's not I'm a lot of people say. that we can go who knows with, but with him, we're going to go ahead and say who knows. Who knows who's in his basement? <laughs> he might have a John Wayne Gacy-esque floorboard. Uh, yeah. You know, a floorboard full of children, uh, you know, underneath there. But, I have no idea, but he's terrible, so I'm so happy that it looks like he's going to be out. Yeah, and they're not making it easy for people to vote out there in the West. They I mean, have There are certain people, mm. you know, certain precincts that have uh, a 50-mile-each-way uh, road trip. Uh, to vote. I right. mean, can you imagine that? Taking a 50-mile-each-way road trip just to vote. I mean, you think these people, and of course these people aren't going to be in rich areas and they're not going to be having jobs where they can take the day off and go vote. They can't miss a single day at work, so they're just making it as difficult as possible for people to vote. And to that point, Marcus, a lot of the people who are Hispanic are in uh, service industry jobs, you yeah. know, whether it be working your fields or, you know, working your home. These aren't necessarily jobs that uh, are extremely, like, it's not a corporate job where you tell your boss that you will be in a little bit late because you're voting. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to invoke your PTO. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just not happening, you yeah. know. So they do have day labor jobs or whatever that job might be where it is tends to be paid hourly and also as an employer uh, as an employee, you don't have a lot of power over your employer to demand your rights Absolutely uh, no. to go and vote. So that could play negatively for Hillary Clinton as well. Yeah, and these people are also, you know, those people that have such a huge round trip. I mean, they're also not going to be able to afford 100 miles worth of gas. That's very like, true. That's and a of lot course, of cash. When they get to the damn polling line, Hillary's going to have them print off all her emails. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. Just, can you print an email for me? <laughs> Hillary, it's on your phone. What? Printing of an email bothers me anyway. No, you got to print the email so they can make copies and pass out meaning. Just It's reversing technology. <laughs> Just hit, you just hit forward the email. We printed something off today. I know. <laughs> All right. Let's move on here. Let's go to North Carolina. Um, who do you got for North Carolina? Now, this was a surprising state. Uh, people thought that it would be, I think, a little bit more uh, liberal than, uh, than conservative. North Carolina is an interesting state. It's and very I, strange, yeah. The people are interesting. I love the state, but it is a true purple and uh, so it, it, it could have been Trump land. It could have been Hillary country. But let's see what you got, Marcus. I got Trump. You got Trump in North Carolina. I got Trump in North Carolina. I am going with Hillary Clinton in North Carolina because they have a thing called universities. Yeah. And, Chapel Hill, Riley Durham. And, uh, you know, they have, what have it, Duke. And they have many. It's a fairly highly educated state. Mm. And I think the people that will be out there to vote tend to be uh, college graduates. And so I'm giving it to uh, Hillary Clinton because North Carolina – 
prides itself. This is more of a cultural assessment uh, than a statistical uh, assessment. They pride themselves of being smarter than South Carolina. <laughs> and I think that South Carolina is definitely going for Donald Trump. And I believe be, just because of the makeup of North Carolina, of course, a very high African-American community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have, they have high numbers there. And Hillary's not doing nearly as well as Barack Obama did in 2008 and 2012 with the African-American community. But you can see why that is. Obviously, she's not going to be the first black president, and some of her policies are very controversial to that community. Yeah, and some of her la- her, some of her past statements still echo to this day. Absolutely, and, and uh, Bill Clinton has done her no favors uh, in that regard. No. You know, when he's in South Carolina, he, he sounds a lot like a South Carolinian, <laughs> and, uh, and not a lot of North Carolina uh, individuals uh, care for that. Yeah. So I'm giving it to Hillary Clinton. Uh, um, because I do believe it's a it's a more educated um, base, and I think the uh, you know really your white suburban woman vote matters a lot in North Carolina. Well, some people are saying that that is the uh, the new silent majority uh, is uh, women. Yep. Uh, especially, yeah, college-educated women, uh, Hispanics, uh, that's the new silent majority. And that a lot of people are thinking that those blocks are going to be coming out huge uh, for Hillary Clinton on Tuesday. And, of course, I also think, you know, with Tim Kaine being from Virginia, they have McAuliffe over there, Virginia. It is, uh, you know, they have a pretty strong machine in that part of the country. Yeah. So why do you think it's going to go to Donald Trump? I don't know. I got. I just kind of have a feeling on that one. Like, as I good think as that, in this I, election, I, that's as, that's all you need. I, I think the uh, I think the small towns. I, I think the rural population is going to come out in droves on this one because I think yeah. this this election. What it's mostly about. It's about city versus country, man. Uh, I is. mean, and I think that's that's how it always goes. You know, you always see. I mean, in Texas, you've always got Austin as that lone little blue spot uh, in a big old sea of red counties. Right. Uh, and I think in uh, in North Carolina, I think you might see a large portion of uh, the rural communities coming out. And you know, rural communities they're voting Donald Trump. I mean, they, it's almost you can yeah. you can set mm. your clock by a rural community uh, backing Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to tend to lean towards Donald Trump. But again, Clinton's more conservative policies on foreign policy uh, specifically, I think it it's not going to—I think people in those rural communities, some that just— are terrified of Donald Trump will be able to hold their nose yeah. and vote for her because she is not your Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren liberal. Yeah, you know she is not Al Franken. She's a conservative. She in my in my personal yeah. opinion, she's, yeah. she's just. I mean, anyone who does, yeah, Hillary Clinton is a. Uh, she's like a 1962 Republican. Barry Goldwater. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, she um, she absolutely is. That's how far. That's how partisan our politics has gotten, and how far we've really swung to the right when our Democratic right. candidate, when our supposedly left candidate, is actually a moderate Republican. And then, of course, you have Donald Trump, who has liberal policies like being against NAFTA, against TPP, um, you know, against uh, the Iraq War. Although, you know, there was moments where he said he was for it, but. Officially, he says he is against it, mm. but then he's racist. So that throws like everything. It's just a, it's just confusing because yeah. that he he says anchor babies in extremely hostile terms. Yeah. that are you know sadly have been normalized. And you you talked about this long before I did because you know the Trump train it's full of nitrous and it is fun as hell, dude. I mean it is extremely fun to be on the Trump train because nothing matters. Yeah, nothing matters. Don't give a fuck. It's just snow piercer nihilism, motherfuckers. Snowpiercer fighting your way to the front cart, you know. <laughs> Doesn't matter who dies on the way to get there. Yeah. But his verbiage has become mainstream and it has become normalized. And it is really sad. Specifically, you know, me working over there at Fox News this past year, it's been interesting to see the 
slow progression into the acceptance of Donald Trump and then the um, just the ability to not even not only just accept Donald Trump, but approve yeah. of that that way of speaking and of those sorts of um, approaches towards politician uh, towards towards uh, politics and how to be a politician. Well, I remember when Trump really started gaining some momentum when people really started thinking like this might actually happen. I remember people at Fox News were very resistant to oh, it. Oh, extremely resistant. Fox News Fox News didn't know what to do. You have people like Greg Gutfeld who is still staunchly anti-Trump, but basically everybody has gone to the same cooler and drunk from it and uh, and they are um, at, at the very least on the surface uh, they they appear to be for not not necessarily for Trump but not against Trump. You could say that in the best in the best light. And then of course yeah. you have your Sean Hannity's, Lou Dobbs of the world. Bill O'Reilly is you know one of those sort of I do believe he's a Trump supporter, um, but I don't. Bill O'Reilly is actually an interesting one. You don't really know. He's weird. Um, but Hannity and Lou Dobbs they have Obviously. they attach themselves uh, to that to that uh, buggy and they are rolling with it. Whether it goes down a hill and crashes and burns or goes to the White House and parks outside front. But um, it, so it's been fascinating. Yeah. Even if they are opposed to um, Trump in in private, it, they they have been more open to um, exploring him and making him seem as a viable option. I mean, speaking of the media, is there any way that we can get rid of Trump but still keep Alex Jones around? Yeah, Alex Jones is going to be more famous than ever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be crazy. That's a, that's one thing that man, I, I was really thinking about this the other day uh, because we've been Alex Jones listeners and viewers for years now. Oh my like, god, we've it's been too fun. We, we've been watching Alex Jones. We've been listening to him. Like he, he is an amazing. Uh, media personality. He's an amazing radio man. He's been that way forever. Like from a pure objective level, he is so good at what so good. he does. But we never expected him to be taken seriously. No, and it's dangerous. It's to very dangerous Alex because Jones, he is being taken. Alex Jones is being taken very seriously yeah, now. And you really shouldn't. You can't do it because he's wrong about the vast, vast majority uh, of things that he says. And then occasionally he'll find something that has a, a, a small string of truth and he'll exploit it as if he was, you know, the the second coming. And it really is, uh, you know, it's nonsense. This is a man who truly believes that kids are gay because of what they drink out of because of a product because of a plastic strip in their juice boxes. Yeah. He believes that's where homosexuality is spawned. Yes. Uh, I mean, th this is just what he's, this is his truth. Yeah. Uh, and you can just go on and on and on with Alex Jones. And the fact, to, to that point about what I was just uh, discussing about Donald Trump, the fact that Alex Jones has taken on a more serious role in society is a problem. It is the dumbing down of our culture. There's no doubt about it. The president um, addressed it. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, we used to think that Rush Limbaugh was sort of one of the extreme right wing, uh, you know, I guess thinkers or speakers for the country. And the fact that it has gone down a slippery slope to Alex Jones as being the rational one or perceived to be a rational person. You can only imagine what's the next. What's the other? What's the, when you open up the Russian doll? What's the other? What's the next Alex Jones? Huh. I mean, it's going to be somebody who I don't even I mean, just I do. Does Alex Jones think it's lizard people? <laughs> Is Dave? I think David Ike might be just below Alex Jones yeah. on the credibility scale, and I think Dave, someone like David Ike will be considered serious uh, in in the, in the future presidential elections, mm -hmm. which but, is dangerous and scary. Yeah, it really is. But Alex Jones, uh, he's funny. 
I mean, he's very funny. He's, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's entertaining. Uh, he was just funny enough for people like us to not take him seriously and to actually love him. Like, I mean, I still love him. I, I, like, I, I got to have dinner with him. I would love to. I would love to have dinner with Alex Jones. Uh, he's extremely uh, entertaining. We just never thought, uh, I don't know, I guess we just gave people too much credit. Because we never well, thought we never thought that people would actually listen to his bullshit uh, and he taps take into it seriously. That, but he taps into that anger. We have a video uh, that we play on our, on our uh, last podcast on the Left Live show where Alex Jones is screaming, "I'm a man! I, I got blood! I bleed! I sweat! I swear! I like to have children! Yeah, I'm a man!" And what that plays into though is this, you know, uh, fear of automation, fear of the the robot future. I mean. Yeah. And this stuff is happening. It's you know? very, very real. I mean, uh, really. We also, in that same episode of the last podcast on the left live, we showed robot sex. Uh, 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 last stream on the left as well. Yeah. Robot sex bots. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, automation. I mean, automa automation is the real enemy here. The real enemy is not, you know, jobs going overseas, although that is a problem. But America right. still manufactures quite a bit. Like, we still oh, have sure. an extremely healthful, healthy manufacturing uh, industry. Mm-hmm. We just don't have any humans running it. It's all automation now, and that yeah. is what is the actual enemy here. And Trump ain't going to be able to do jack shit to wind back automation. Let him try, Marcus. <laughs> Get, let him try. Oh, now I'm back on the Trump train. Oh, my but God. But what if he does? Yeah, I mean, and, Or he's going to make all sex bots look like Melania, and then everything's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, what's he oh going to do? God. What's he going to do? Is he going to go to all of these uh, captains of industry and tell them, you've got to dismantle all of your robots and give jobs back to human people mm, at I don't know. a huge cost? He could also wear that Iron Man suit that the military <laughs> just came out with every time he gives the State of the Union address, which would be pretty badass as well. Uh, yeah. What if he just bec he could become our Tony Stark in chief. It would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, and that's another <laughs> thing about Alex Trump is that, you know, in Alex just, Trump or excuse me, Alex Jones and uh, Donald Trump's claims that uh, he's going to bring back jobs. All of it feels very good. Yeah. Like Alex Jones feels good. You feel uh, Alex Jones is very cathartic. Uh, yeah, and it also it, it feels good to think that maybe the problems in your life are some sort of supernatural force that are actually that is keeping you and your country down because it turns your life into a movie. It turns your life into a TV show. You're not some boring dickhead, you know, living in a trailer somewhere. You are a fighter on the side of good fighting against well, literal demons. Mm-hmm. And if the Bundy clan taught us anything, you'll get off. So do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Yeah, but it, it, that's what it that's what Alex Jones does. The Alex Jones makes life into a TV show. Well, it he, makes it into yeah. a movie and it it gives people uh, a much more uh real yet fantastical purpose. Well, I mean, going back to what I was referencing to that video, I'm a man. I sweat. <laughs> I swear. I breathe. You know, that is really fun. That's exciting. You do get that like, I am a man. I do feel good. Or a yeah. woman. You know, he's talking about being a human, but then he follows it up with, and if your daughter eats corn, she'll date a black man. And it's just like, <laughs> the GMOs are making our kids love Asians. You know, it's just like, it. so he hooks you into this emotional like, wow, I do feel really good. And then they take it to such an extreme where they really, the people who can't snap out of that emotion, then start to sort of slowly but surely, uh, you know, believe in the nonsense that they that they spew because it, it really does give them a vitriol feeling. Yeah, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel great. I mean, it is Fox News. It is slowly 
and all these news companies. I mean, it's not just Fox. CNN, MSNBC, they loved Donald Trump. I mean, they, they couldn't get enough of the ratings. They they were absolutely, um, completely enamored with the man. Yeah. And they were, I mean, just frogs slowly, slowly boiling. And, uh, and I think Wednesday morning, November 9th, those individuals are going to look back and with with clearer eyes yeah. and wonder what they did. I really do. I think this is going to be a hangover Wednesday, and people are just going to be like, I thought it was a fun night, but think of an STD. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's going to be a – I can't wait for the reflection yeah. of this election. Ooh, that's rhymes. <laughs> I'm like Jesse Jackson. <laughs> no, it, it is but I really be, can't wait. I really am yeah. excited to see what they actually think, the Mike Huckabees of the world, yeah. when he has to go watch himself on CNN defend Donald Trump saying grab them by the pussy and if you watch that full clip it's even more disgusting because billy did you watch the full three minute clip yeah i did they're like this woman just appears on screen and then you uh, it's so gross yeah and the hugs and everything is just really disgusting yeah, and donald I'm, trump can't figure out how to open a door oh it's that's that's the best part about it <laughs> You know, and so Huckabees of the world are really going to have to look at themselves yeah. and, and, and wonder what the hell they were thinking. And Ted Cruz as well, to some degree. One, but um, I mentioned it in on Red Eye. I do believe um, that uh, somebody like a uh, Paul Ryan-esque Republican will run in 2020 and possibly win the nomination. And somebody like that would be like Ben Sass, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I believe out of Nebraska, as a matter of fact. And so rational Republicans, they need to take control of that party again. Yeah. I mean, Ted Cruz was building himself up to be that rational Republican. He really was on his way to setting himself up beautifully for a 2020 run. Uh, and then he blinked. Uh, I just don't get it. Yeah, he he blinked, uh, and he even went after. I don't I don't see after the convention. I don't see how he thought it was a good idea uh, to go back on what he said. You that know, convention was an unbelievable. Yeah, it was amazing. Vote your conscience. Like don't you know? Vote you don't, your conscience. That would have been an amazing ad. Like he could run that ad four years later during the primaries and say, "Look, I was right. I know what this country needs. I know why people uh, voted against Donald Trump. I knew Donald Trump was bad before uh, he even won the nomination, and right. I stood up to him. And instead, you have one of the saddest pictures in American political history which is Ted Cruz phone banking for Donald Trump. That is sad. And, of course, he doesn't even really mention Donald Trump when he goes in stumps. They're looking at down-ballot, uh, you know, they want to get the down-ballot uh, support at this point so they can take the Senate uh, and, and get the House. <laughs> you remember but when Ted Cruz we'll ate see. that booger on live TV? I do remember that. <laughs> and then everybody slowed it up, and it was... That was a good time. Ted Cruz, when Carly Fiorina fell off the stage and Ted Cruz <laughs> didn't help her. Although it would have been tough to help her, but yeah. that and was the, just kind of fun. And then the, when he punched her in the face accidentally. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's awkward. When, yeah. the, when his daughter tried to put the cheese head on his head. Yeah. Uh, of course, he was in Wisconsin and he freaked out. <laughs> just kind of freaked out at his daughter when he tried to kiss his daughter and she freaked out. Yeah, That seems to be a weird uh, thing among politicians because yeah. that same thing ha happened with Trump and his yes. daughter after uh, one of the debates. Trump went went in for the kiss and she said nuh -uh. Well, that was uh, that was the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, affair child. 
Was that the affair child? That's the affair child. What's her name? The the one that he had the affair with. I can't remember. Oh, my goodness. She's extremely... uh, Oh, I'll have to think about it. Ivanka? Not Ivanka. No, uh, Marla Maples. Marla... The Maples. Come (laughs) on, buddy. The Maples. Okay. You know, Marla Maples. Yeah, that was Marla. That's the child he had with Marla Maples. So they have a very strange relationship. Yeah, four future politicians running... Don't even bother trying to kiss your kids in public. There's a great chance it backfires. Yeah. Look, Rick Santorum is the exact same way. Um, although they're, they like to kiss a little too much. <laughs> so there's, it's very strange to get it just perfect. Oh, remember the Ted Cruz, uh, the the the, uh, the videos he did with his family? They put the unedited version of him uh, trying to do a campaign commercial with his family, and it's obvious yeah. that no one really likes him that much. That would make sense. <laughs> Oh man! He had, but he did have his—he uh, had his morals, he had his scruples, yeah. and uh, those are out the window now yeah. that he—he he he, did officially endorse Donald Trump. Yeah, so. yeah. Ted Cruz is a, by by far. I'm going to put Ted Cruz number one as my favorite character of the 2016 campaign. Ooh man, that is that is tough. I are mean, you going Carson? I'm not going to go Dr. Ben Carson. I did meet him. He was extremely tired, um, <laughs> as as he would be. That's not an act. That is just how sleepy that he is. Yeah. Um, as, uh, but, um, oh, man, you know, favorite real ca- – I thought Kasich was really fun. Kasich you know, just fun. trying to be like this positive dude. Um, Carly Fiorina, Jeb. I mean, you got you to gotta love Jeb. Oh, you know, Please clap, ladies and gentlemen. Please clap. He was so sad the entire time. But no, Ted Cruz is, is a good choice, though, because he actually did well. I mean, he picked Carly Fiorina to be his VP, even though he had no chance yeah. of winning the nomination, which I thought that was pretty, pretty incredible. Um, all right, let's move on here. We have New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire. I'm going Clinton. I'm going yeah, Clinton. Yeah, I'm going to go Clinton as yeah. well. I think it's possible, like you were talking about with a lot of the rural states, there are some people in New Hampshire that, you know, do like that sort of, uh, um, you know, they that it's, it's not live, uh, it's not live free or die. Is that yeah, New, that's Hampshire? New Hampshire? That is New yeah. Hampshire. Um, so they, they could go uh, to Donald Trump. I think at the end of the day, they, uh, they go for Hillary Clinton yeah. as well. All right. So let's see here. Now we have the big guy coming up. We have Florida. Mm. This election. I am actually really surprised how uh, how close it's become. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was. I mean, I, I said on uh, television, my my official prediction would be that Hillary would win the electoral college and lose the popular vote, which is possible. And I said that because Donald Trump had more votes in any uh, in in history in the history of primaries. Uh, he had more votes than anybody, mm. and the four million people that came out in support of him. Uh, that had never uh, voted before. They were so on fire for him, and he still has the passion on his side. You know, Hillary has sort of got a little bit of it, but much of it's manufactured by the media and by the hatred of Donald Trump. But the love of Donald Trump is still there. Yeah. So I could see him uh, taking the popular vote in these rural areas, even upstate New York. You look at a state like New York State. Trump is going to lose, yeah. but he is going to get so much upstate support. Buffalo is probably going to go for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Albany, who knows? I mean, most of those really small uh, towns that make up uh, New York are going to go for Trump, except for New York City, which is the largest you know, voting block, obviously. But all those little towns across the country in these places that have, you know, Wisconsin, for example, Milwaukee and Madison have a massive say in, uh, in that color's uh, in that state's color when it comes to voting, and obviously they make that state blue. Mm-hmm. But so many places out there are just full of red-thinking individuals. So that's why I could see Trump actually surprising a lot of people and getting the popular vote 
Hillary Clinton getting the Electoral College vote. I'm predicting, I didn't say this on air, uh, Gary Johnson does get the 5% that he needs for the Libertarian Party. Hopefully Jill Stein can get 1% or 2%. I'm all for that as well. Um, and then I did also predict that she would be indicted and that Tim Kaine would finish her presidency and somebody like a Ben Sass would take over in 2020. But uh, So anyway, let's move on to the granddaddy of them all, Florida. Now, this one, basically, if you if you don't win Florida, uh, by most uh, models, you, you don't win the presidency. So, Marcus, who are you giving Florida to? She can lose Florida and still win. Okay, how is that? I'm going, uh, yeah, she can still get 278 and lose Florida. If she takes Nevada, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, uh, and New Hampshire, uh, then she still gets 278, and she can still mm-hmm. lose Florida and take it. I'm giving Florida. I'm just going to straight up give it to Hillary. Yeah. I I don't see Trump. um, I just don't see him doing it because we talk about the Hispanic vote in Arizona, you know, um, other places uh, across the country, California, which is obviously going to go for Hillary. Florida Hispanics are they're they're political. Yeah. You know, I mean, even Jeb, his wife, uh, you know, know, being of a Mexican uh, descent, uh, Rubio being being a uh, senator who's probably going to win reelection, although it's a tighter race than he expected. He did get booed the other day. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, but so the Hispanic vote in uh, in Florida is active. They're out. They're political. And I do think that they'll sway the election, specifically in that state, to Hillary Clinton. And I don't think it's because they're huge Hillary Clinton fans. Mm-hmm. Because, again, uh, many people... Um, I mean, who is? Who are... Uh, many, I mean, there are... My friend Jessica Tarlov, there are a lot of true Hillary lovers out there, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, you do have a lot of Cuban-Americans, for example, that are exceptionally pissed off with uh, the Democratic Party and Barack Obama for uh, lifting the embargo and having relations with Cuba. You know, you do have a lot of people in the Hispanic community, specifically in Florida, who have not been very keen on the Democrats for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. They haven't loved Obama. But I think... Just with the um, w- with Trump's rhetoric and uh, with his lack of ground game, which the Clintons definitely have specifically in states like Florida, I just think it's going to go for her at the end of the day. I mean, Florida really could be one of those states that is full of the closet Trump fans, the closet well, Flor- Trump Florida. Oh my God, the, the, I don't the, cl- think they're Flor- the closet Trump uh, voters. Buddy, we do a Florida story every single day on, or every week on Roundtable of Gentlemen. They're not in the closet. <laughs> you know, I mean, you go, again, you go to Tampa. I mean, this is a, this is why I think he could win the popular vote. Tampa, Florida is probably going to vote for Trump. Yeah. The majority of Florida, other than places like Miami, um, are going to go for Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, you, you, know? you really could get uh, those uh, Hispanics, those yeah. Latinos going into the polls, voting the fuck you Democrats as far as the Cuba vote goes. You could. I mean, you really could because could. Uh, Trump is campaigning hard on uh, the Cuban thing. He's campaigning he really hard on the embargo thing. Uh, and if that sticks, which it might, I'm going ahead and giving Florida to Trump. All right. So, I mean, it is. Well, you know, we've solved nothing. But I think that's the mo- I mean, <laughs> we again, haven't solved anything over the last month and a half, we, the last year and a half. All we've done is try to make people feel a little bit better about this. That's our job. I mean, yeah, you look at Washington. There's so many rural uh, rural areas of Washington, Oregon, so many rural areas, Colorado. I mean, there are so many states that just have a lot of trees and not a lot of houses. And yeah. those houses amongst those trees are going to be supporting Donald Trump. And so that's why. And if he does win the popular vote and loses the election, holy hell, you thought people were pissed off in 2000 when uh, when it happened to Al Gore. There's less than um, 1% chance of that happening. It's, a, uh, it's, 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 small. An extre- it's an extremely hey, small chance. But this election, I, I, this election, though, this, right? This election, I think that could be the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen. 
You know, I think, honestly, the worst thing that could happen is Clinton gets the Electoral College and Trump gets the popular. Uh, I I think that would be extraordinarily bad for this country and extraordinarily bad considering uh, the temperature of the American public right now because it's running Uh, hot and that is going to make it it run even hotter. I'm not against it because I think you'd have to compromise then. You You know, if Hillary Clinton takes the White House without popular support, she isn't. She can't be like you know. I have a, what is it? A referendum or whatever it might uh, be. M- uh, mem- perfect. More- <laughs> perfect. Mandate. Mandate. Yes, she can't. <laughs> she can't say that. Uh, you know, and um, I think it will force. It'll for. It'll give confidence to uh, to the Republicans and and uh, force everyone to sort of uh, you know have to play the game and not just shove things down people's throats. Or then again, we could have four years or two years if they do end up indicting her. And if the Republicans do end up taking the Senate and the House, which I think is extremely possible because this year is like like none other, where I think you will have some traditional Republicans voting for Hillary on the top of the ticket, down ballot going Republican, Mm -hmm. and a lot of um, more centrist individuals Voting for uh, voting for Hillary Clinton and then going down ballot Republican because they might not necessarily be in love with some of the policies that she's putting forward. Yeah. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? But if that is the case, then we don't get what Obama had, which was two years of a of grace period where he could pass something like Obamacare. It'll be nothing but gridlock. Yeah, gridlock. It, it really for, will be. Uh, for four years. I mean, if, I, if she stays in office, I, I think if it happens that uh, she wins the electoral and loses the popular, uh, I think all that's going to do is involve. Republicans to go after her even harder. And it, like they need to be emboldened. Exactly. I mean, they, she is she is a target. And, you know, when you're in public life for 30 years and when you do have the track record of a Clinton, uh, you know, you, you paint the target yourself. Yeah. And it is up to people if they want to take the shot or not. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, get out there and vote. It's going to be really exciting. And, again, regardless of what happens, I know everyone – it's funny. I saw Bill Maher apologizing for making fun of Republicans uh, for, for whatever, his entire career. That's He's based his entire career. He's gotten very wealthy um, uh, making fun of Republicans and, and talking down to the American people. But uh, he apologized for everything he said about John McCain and uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney. Romney. And he's yeah. like, but this time it's for real with Donald Trump. We were crying wolf. And uh, I think he did hit it on the head. No one really believes. Many people just don't believe that Trump is as scary as other individuals make him out to be. And I do think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, you have to have you have checks and balances. The president doesn't have that much power. Look at Obama. I mean, he's been trying to get a lot of things through that did not get through. Um, I mean, it's like but, I've been saying at the very beginning, man. It's about the example. And the same thing. Yeah, I agree. And the same thing, though, with Hillary Clinton. If you're not a Hillary Clinton supporter and she does get in uh, to the White House, it's not going to be the end of the world. These people have a finite amount of power. They, they cannot really alter your life that much. It's always this campaign season. We hear the rhetoric every single go around. Well, it's this the, is the biggest election of our lives. These people are going to change everything for you. We're going to have a nuclear war if this person gets in. We're going to have the world's going to be underwater in three months if this person gets in. It, none of it's true. It's the foreign policy that really doesn't have much checks and balances on the president because the president does make foreign policy decisions that bypass Congress completely. Uh, well, what's wrong with Trump, Putin, and Ahmadinejad getting along? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> what's wrong with Trump and Putin getting together and all Putin putting a uh, old Trump in a headlock and giving him a friendly noogie? All nude. <laughs> 100% nude at the Kremlin. Trump TV yeah. coming to you live. Yeah. And nude the, at the Kremlin. And in the meantime, Putin takes Poland. 
Yeah, he can have it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm officially over. You know what? I've, I've, yeah, thought, well, I've actually thought long about this, and I'm like, you know what, Ukraine? What have we? What do we care? What? You know, just go go to the go to the Russians. It's the mi- missiles getting closer to Europe, and eh, you know, <laughs> the missiles can fly. Very, very far-reaching consequences for millions of people. Kim Jong Un could technically blow could technically blow up California whenever he wants. No, he can't. He they can't. They make can it. hit it. They can't hit it. Uh, they can't th- make it. They can't make it fifty miles out no, without no, no, landing they, in the drink. They make a. They like get a chain. They pass it <laughs> throughout the uh, over the ocean. It gets here. It does. Get, and then somebody yeah. hits it with a hammer. And then you know, poor guy, he's got to go with the bomb. But <laughs> that could happen. Very soon. It is a terror. I mean, you know, the the ramifications are, they are high. And, yeah. uh, the, and the stakes I, are pretty high. The stakes point. are high. But at the same time, you know, don't uh, don't don't stress out. And look, I, I really do look forward to the coming back together as a country. We can heal after this. We can. You know, I talk about it all the time, having gay brothers and Christian parents trying to get through dinner, having these people not fight. There's always common ground to be had. And I think... Wednesday, November 9th, 9th, the nation begins. I, I do believe this election will be solved on Tuesday. Yeah, I think I, so, too. With the early votes. Yeah. There's so many early votes. Uh, I think, they say roughly 40% are already cast. Yeah, with the early votes so, and all of that, it, it's, it's totally fine. It, it's yeah. going gonna, gonna to be okay. We're... We're going to know Tuesday night. There's no problems here. Yes, it'll have to be. It will just have I mean, there, to be fun. There might be huge problems. Who knows? I mean, there could be, you know, yeah. there there could be some people. There might be little pockets of violence here and there, but I don't think there's going to be any uprising. Well, no. one thing that we still have to ask about this entire election is, what is Aleppo? <laughs> what is Aleppo, ladies and gentlemen? Um, I want to say personally, thank you guys so much for coming on this journey with us over the past year and a half. I mean, it's been so fun. Like Marcus said earlier, our second election cycle, and this one was this was one for the books, you know. Yeah. And then hopefully, 2020 will not have quite uh, as divisive rhetoric, and uh, and hopefully, it can be a little bit classier, so our younger uh, kids can actually follow U.S. politics without saying things on the playground that will get them kicked out of school. I mean, that's what's so unbelievable. Yeah. You know, what's been said in this election cycle literally would get you grounded or sent to the principal's office if you are in middle school. And we will be electing one of these people to the most powerful position in the world. And I still believe it's the most powerful position in the world. The United States, I know a lot of people think we're on the decline, but it's still the most powerful nation on the face of the planet. Um, so thank you guys so much for being with us during this time. And, you know, we've grown so much as a show and, uh, we really appreciate all your support. We're absolutely crushing it with the, you know, with listeners are wonderful and, um, it's been, it's been a really great journey. So I really appreciate it. And thank you for, uh, allowing us to, to get into your mind and to, uh, speak to you. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope we made this year slightly less stressful. Hope we, hopefully, we were able to let the steam out a little bit, little so bit. you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't go to sleep having panic attacks and things like that. And we really love you guys. And I, you know what? I mean, truly, it is the only show that is uh, does not have a. Uh, a, 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 a true side. Our listeners are all over the spectrum. All over, yeah. And, and that is so important to us, and that's something Marcus and I really have always wanted because we're just so sick of the polarization of this country and uh, and the and the binary choices that everyone pretends that we have. In reality, we have there are so many intelligent, beautiful, wonderful people in this nation, and there is no reason why we should not have every single. Uh, we should be number one in everything, and yeah. I think we will be at some point. Absolutely. Except for science and math. 
Well, we can get there <laughs> if we stop deporting the people that we come to, comes to they come to university here and we're like, we've made you super smart. Get out of here! He took my job. He's a scientist. Oh, I, I throw wood. And there's no problem if you do throw wood. Um, so yes, thank you guys so much for listening. Go to the Able Can Stop at Facebook page and uh, and you know join in the conversation. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter and Marcus Parks and Instagram as well. I'm Instagram Ben Kissel one. Still don't know how to use it. Uh, Twitter Ben Kissel. Uh, uh, reach out to me, and uh, that's about it, guys. Keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR. If you want to go to iTunes and rate and review, that would be unbelievably appreciated. Uh, we love you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.